Welcome to the Steve Travelly Show on demand. Don't forget to follow this show so you never miss a minute. In Jersey, 101.5. What the hell are you doing here? From the streets of Union City to your nighttime radio. Steve Travelis keeps you in the Jersey, no. From 7 till 11, live, local, and live. Steve Travelis on New Jersey 101.5. Weekday night, Steve's live, local, and live. Call him at 1-800-283-101.5. And welcome to Monday night in New Jersey. I hope you had a great weekend. I know you had a wet weekend. Steve Trevelis. Dry it out. What a beautiful day today. It was nice. It was nice to be able to drive up and down the streets and not see all the rain. Saw all the road close signs for uh, the flooding that happened yesterday. But uh, we're going to put that behind us. Dan will keep you updated on the weather throughout the night. But, uh, or actually, no, Dan's, uh, Dan's gone now. It's weather toujours. We'll keep you updated on the weather throughout the night. But, uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. My friend, uh, my friend retired Manalapin detective Bob Forsack ended up on Impractical Jokers. He's going to call and talk about that later on. We got, uh, Cinco de Mayo coming up. So we'll find out where the good Mexican restaurants is. Should Kratom be regulated? All kinds of stuff. But, uh, I start this off with a, with a letter that I got that I, uh, that I gotta, I gotta read to you here because, uh, says, uh, Steve, First things first, we need to build a wall between New Jersey and Pennsylvania to keep the Pennsylvania drivers out of this state. See, now there's a wall I could go with. I could go with the one in Mexico. Although I really figure if you really want to stop the problem in Mexico, just send the Jersey beach tag ladies down there. Nobody will get by the border. But that's another thing. Maybe put the Jersey beach tag ladies on the Pennsylvania border, right? Uh, They are the stupidest, most brain dead, idiotic, driving morons around. (laughs) And we just shoot them on sight. <laughs> this morning I'm on the turnpike. Now I'm gonna you know what? I got I got David here uh in Woodbridge to tell the rest of the story. David wrote the letter. How you doing, my friend? Hey Steve, what's going on, man? Oh boy the ape man, that's what's going on. So boy, the eight, man, that's right, man. And Gigantor. And Gigantor. All right, so you, we needed them today, right? Because you needed to get yeah. out of that car, start running like Tall Boy the Eighth, man. What yeah, happened right, to you right. this morning? What happened to you this morning? Okay. I was coming up the turnpike, and the car is only in my 16-passenger school bus, right? Right. So there's an entrance ramp that comes down. I think it was 7A. It comes down, you know, and it merges. So I'm in the middle lane doing about 67 right this guy in a big black suv with pennsylvania tags oh boy he comes down onto the ramp so he sees a cop sitting on the shoulder about a quarter mile up he's got somebody pulled over so this guy i guess he wanted to take the move over slow down law too literal he just starts puts his signal on and just starts changing lane. I'm like, first of all, we're not even near the cop yet. Right. Second of all, did you ever think that maybe there was somebody next to you? So, <laughs> details, so details. I blow the horn and he moves back over into the right lane. So I'm thinking, okay, he wasn't paying attention. You know, like what are mirrors for? So right. he 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 pulls it. He he keeps going. 
Then he he rolls up next to me in the right lane. I'm still in the middle lane. He he rolls the window down. He starts cursing, yelling, giving me the finger, screaming. I just look at him like really. So I just kept going. He finally moved. He finally moved into the middle lane after he passed the cop. Steve, the shoulder was so wide. Like I said in my email, you could have put an aircraft carrier on it. You could have did a hundred. You could have did a hundred and fifty miles per hour past the cop. He still wouldn't be in danger. That's how big the shoulder was. So why are you just? Oh my God! I see a cop. I gotta cut off. Gotta move over. That's not what the law is. Oh my God! I was like, wow, these people are really stupid. So. So the law, basically, this is the story. The law means that if there's a narrow shoulder and you are in the right lane, you have to slow down to a decent speed in case, you know, the cop, you know, runs out of the guy and he pulls over, you know, decides he's going to run, you know, pull, pull back into traffic. It doesn't mean the minute you see a cop, oh, move over into the right lane, especially since there was nobody in his lane. The lane was was empty all the way up to exit nine, as far as I could see. Somebody said, why are you cutting over about to collide with my school bus? A school bus oh, of Lord. all things. Now, New Jersey's move-over law, here's what I got here. New Jersey's move-over law requires you to make a lane change if you can do so safely. If not, uh-huh. you must slow down, prepare to stop as you move past the emergency vehicle. Failure to comply may cost you between 100 and 500 in fines. But you right. were preventing him from moving over. So, therefore, all you had to do was slow down. But instead, well, he uh, decides uh, to flip you the uh, Pennsylvania right. bird. Right. <laughs> now, now, he doesn't know. Now, you have experience. You worked for the Federales, right? That's correct, Steve, yeah. In D.C., and you've taken numerous yeah. defensive driving courses. That's correct, yeah. I've been driving a school bus 13 years now. I've driven. I've actually driven 1.7 million miles, and I, and I drove the 9-11 Commission in a pouring rainstorm. The night we took them from um, Madison to the hotel in New York, the Millennium, it was it was raining sideways. I can oh my god! It was literally raining like sideways, and we had two vans and another guy. He was with me. We had you know we had eight in one van, eight in the other, whatever. And he's like, Dave, why are you driving so slow? I'm like, gee, Tom, I don't know. Maybe because I got half the 911 commission in a van. I said, so and the I, rain. You speed. Yeah, I said, so you speed up, kill your half. And my half will be at the hotel, okay? <laughs> I see, but so, so like uh, Pennsylvania drivers, are they the worst of all the out-of-state drivers you've ever dealt with? Uh, actually, there's four states, Steve. You got New York, New Jersey, Virginia. Oh, Virginia. Pennsylvania. Vir- there were one year, Virginia had a 1,000 people killed in car crashes in one year. I mean, it's a big state, but still, a 1,000 people? That's a lot of people. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of people, yeah. All right. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm doing this topic tonight. David, thanks for calling in. And, uh, yeah, thanks. thanks. Take care, man. Love you to death. Got it, pal. Love you, too. I, he gave me a topic tonight because I didn't know what I was going to do tonight. Tonight, we we're going to start off with gravy recipes. But instead, we have a topic tonight. All right. I want to know, of all the out-of-state drivers that you see driving in New Jersey, which are the drivers that are the worst? Which out-of-state drivers are the worst when you see them on Jersey roads? Uh, maybe you've had an encounter with one. What's your worst uh, story of an encounter with an out-of-state driver in New Jersey? Your worst experience with an out-of-state driver in New Jersey? Or uh, what's the plate that you see? 
that when you see them around you, you start to cringe. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. 1-800-283-101.5. Because, uh, you know, Jersey for years, you know, we're the vast wasteland, right, between New York and Philadelphia. Not New York, not Philadelphia. They come over here and they drive differently. I know when I'm in New York and Pennsylvania seeing the way they drive. You know, as David said, Virginia seeing the way they drive. You know, of all the states that you've driven in, and you see the difference, because in New Jersey, our our dial is turned up. Our thermostat, if you will, is turned up. We move faster. We have less patience. We want to get where we're going. We've got things to do. We ain't got time to drive around casually observing the road. So I want to know from you, one 800 1015 Give me the out-of-state drivers that are the worst, the ones that make you cringe when you see them on Jersey roads. And also, what's your worst experience in New Jersey with an out-of-state driver on a Jersey road? 1-800-283-101.5. We'll start there. Do you need to relocate and want to sell your home fast? Robert Tkansky of REMAX First Advantages. Buyers lined up can get your home sold fast and for more money than you thought possible. When Morgan and Rebecca needed to relocate to Pennsylvania, they called Rob and his team to sell their Edison home. Rob's powerful marketing strategies made quick work on the sale in only eight days on the market. There were 21 showings, 11 offers selling the home for $321,000, which was $22,000 over the list price. Morgan and Rebecca were on their way to Pennsylvania with extra cash in their pocket. Robert Tkansky of Remax First Advantage has superior marketing to sell your home for the highest price possible. So call the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Call Robert Tkansky at 855-350-1015. That's 855-350-1015 or online at robsellsnj.com or Google robsellsnj and start packing his fast traffic. 15 minutes on New Jersey 101.5. Jersey drivers, May not be the best, but I'd rather drive with a Jersey driver than an out-of-state driver because the out-of-state drivers just seem like they have no clue, as we heard from a phone call that came in uh, this morning about earlier in the show from an experience that Dave had this morning with a Pennsylvania driver. So I'm asking you, who are the worst out-of-state drivers that you see driving on New Jersey roads? And what do they do that annoys you the most? Ben is in Manisquan under Jersey 101.5. Hey, Ben, thanks for waiting, pal. How you doing? Oh, my God. I, you know, I agree with you on the Pennsylvania drivers, but uh, New Jersey drivers are the best. But uh, over the time, I've uh, come to a particular theory about drivers. I think Nissan road drivers. <laughs> They're going rogue. They're going rogue on the roads, Ben. What's going on here? They haven't been introduced to a turn signal. <laughs> it is on the car, right? We did check. Every time I, they, they mess me up on the road, I'd be a millionaire. All right. So so you're saying Pennsylvania drivers. Have you ever had a bad experience with a Pennsylvania driver? I, well, I mean, I think everyone in New Jersey has had an experience where they can't figure out how to go around a circle. There's that. Uh, there is that. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. It's a circle. Mm -hmm. uh, it is round. Yeah, it is round. There's only one way to go. Yeah, and, uh, and they still get lost. Yeah, 
it, uh, and just follow the signs. I think New Jerseyans are pretty darn good at that, and uh, it seems like no one else knows how to read or something. All right, Ben. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. I'll put this out there, too. When you're out of state, what annoys you as a Jersey driver when you drive out of state? Because it seems to me like once you get out of Jersey, the whole world, A, gets stupider, but B, slows down. You notice that? When you're out of Jersey, everything just seems to go a little slower. But, like, getting back to Jersey, though, think about the Pennsylvania drivers. They, did they not teach them in Pennsylvania that the left lane is the passing lane? Did they not teach them that, you know, the, you're supposed to move faster in the left lane, that it's not your personal driving lane? You know, Miss Daisy, you got to get over. You know, uh, you need the parade permit for this. 1-800-283-101.5. Give me your worst experience with an out-of-state driver in New Jersey. When you encounter them, what do you do? When you're on the Jersey roads and you're and you see the plate, what's the plate that most makes you cringe? Is it the New York plate? You know, the New Yorkers, like, they come down here, they dominate the road. They believe that it's their road and we're just here to take up space on it for them. You kind of get that impression. You know, uh, after seeing what's moved here from New York, what can you say? Uh, but the Pennsylvania driver, they get here and they just, I don't know, it's, they're slower. You know, they just get in and uh, they don't have that speed factor. They just, whatever lane they're in, that's the lane they want to stay in. You know, uh, not about moving over. And there's just a different tempo to it. So 1-800-283-101.5. I, uh, I put up the Twitter poll. And well, basically, I didn't do a Twitter poll. I just said, who are the worst out-of-state drivers that you see driving in New Jersey? And uh, what do they do that annoy you the most? Now, uh, we got Stacey Lou, New Yorkers. They cut you off and they flip you the bird. Yeah, there is that. People have this thing. It's almost like a defense mechanism where they cut you off. And before you can flip the bird, like they want to strike first, so they flip you the bird, which should be like, you know, the New Jersey state bird. And, and, and you sit there going, what the, like Dave was saying earlier, what the hell did I do? I'm in my own lane, minding my own business. Guy's got a school bus and people are cutting him off and flipping him the bird. Like he's supposed to become invisible or something. And then we got another New Yorkers here, New Yorkers with the honking and Philadelphians, Pennsylvanians with the tailgating on the left lane on the highway. See, that's what happens. It's normalcy. Pennsylvanians have no idea of what the left lane is for. They should call it the SOS state, slow as. Bob, Bob is in Pennsylvania on New Jersey 101.5. What's up, Bob? Well, I'm not in PA. I'm in New Jersey. Right. Um. I'm driving a tractor trailer. I'm over New Jersey a lot. Right. Uh, when I was making better money in my truck, I told my dispatchers, don't even send me to New Jersey. Why not? I think New Jersey drivers are the worst of any state I've ever been in. Now, why do you say that? One of my biggest things is every time I'm driving across 78, there's somebody in the middle lane, either in a car. Well, you have to stay in the middle lane. And then he hung up. Why didn't you stay on the phone? Well, if a truckers can't go in the left lane. So for truckers, it's the middle lane. Jersey people, I, I get the middle lane because, like, the people in the right lane, they just, you know, they're just driving, you know, slow as you know what. 
Um, a lot of times with the blinker on. So you want to get out of that so you go to the middle lane. I can understand truckers being upset because the truckers, well, that's that, the middle lane for the truckers is the passing lane. Uh, let's talk to Raphael is in Perth Amboy on New Jersey 101.5. Rafi, what's up? Raphael? Hey, how, you doing? how you doing, pal? Excellent, excellent. All right. Now, what are, you, what are your thoughts, Raphael? I'm driving around around 80,000 miles a year. Right. In New Jersey. Okay. Fancy when I drive there, bah. Connecticut, they bah. But the New York drivers are the worst. The New Jersey drivers are the worst? No, New York. Oh, New York drivers are the worst. Now, why do you say that? Uh, and the highway, they're always going in the left line, and they go slow sometimes under the limit. Why do they do that? You know what? You know what's funny because when you drive in New York, you're so damn slow because they're so overcrowded. You know, and they get in the left. For them, they think they're driving fast when they're doing forty in the left lane. That's a big deal for them. I guess, I guess. Well, I don't lie in the whole Jersey, but especially in the North Jersey, uh -huh. like Hoboken, West New York, Jersey City, right. all the area, uh, Newark. So when I sleep there, I say, okay. I got to leave this guy behind me because I'm going to be, you know, they're going to be, I'm going to be slow. Right. But normally, normally, I'm driving every day, six days a week. So I see all kinds of stuff in the street. And all right. And you're going, New York drivers are the worst. They, yeah, they are. They are. All right, Rafe. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Okay. We get everybody. When people drive through New Jersey, they drive to New Jersey. Of all the Jersey people, when you're on the roads, who are the worst out-of-state drivers that you see driving in New Jersey? What do they do that annoy you the most? And if anything, have you ever had an encounter with a driver from out-of-state? 1-800-283-101.5. Those Ohio drivers, oh my God. God. Oh, don't even get me oh started. What's it? Do they drive slower in Ohio, or is it? What, you, you compare Ohio to Jersey. It, Ohio and Jersey is is two extremes. You're either you know a lot of people say Pennsylvania drivers are slow, right? You say right. Pennsylvania played it slow. So in Ohio, it's either going to be even slower than Pennsylvania, or it's going to be the Indy 500. So you're either <laughs> getting, famine. you're getting 30 miles over the speed limit or 30 miles under. You're never getting in and around where you're supposed to be going. It's whether you're coming to Cleveland <laughs> or going away from Cleveland. You want to get out as fast as you can. Seven thirty. Every 15 minutes on New Jersey 101.5, you get on the road in New Jersey. You got your own speed in mind. You drive that comfortable speed. What's messing you up? Out-of-state driver. Which of the out-of-state drivers are the worst? When you see that plate, you cringe. 1-800-283-101.5. Each has their own little idiosyncrasy. The New York driver, they're more aggressive. Uh... The Pennsylvania driver seems to be a little slower, uh, more so about hogging up the left lane, driving too slow in the left lane. What are some of the things that you have noticed? And uh, any other states? I got it on Twitter. I got it on Facebook. And uh, Massachusetts drivers are maniacs within their state. Uh, what are they like when they come to New Jersey? You know, New York is getting a lot less love here. Pennsylvania is getting a lot less love here. The in-state drivers worry me more. 
Uh, are you feel relieved when you see an out-of-state driver? Do you feel like they're not going to drive as badly as the New Jersey driver? I think the Jersey drivers got it better because we're used to what's going on. We have set our own tempo. We drive at our own tempo. And because we can't drive at our own tempo because everybody else driving at their tempo, we get frustrated. And uh, what have your experiences been? 1-800-283-101.5. When you're on the road, the southern drivers or like the like the out-of-state, like Wyoming, when someone's coming in from the Midwest, and you're like, first of all, what are you doing here? You know, and secondly, when are you leaving? 1-800-283-101.5. It's like people have no freaking clue. Like, why don't we just put signs on, all throughout the turnpike? We, we have money for everything else, right? We could pay for legal fees for illegals. We could pay for community college. We could pay for uh, transgender operations in prisons. Why can't we put signs in the left lane saying, this is the passing lane. Go fast or we will pull your ass over. 1-800-283-101.5. We will throw the book at you. In fact, we will allow other drivers. We will line you up and have other Jersey drivers throw the book at you. We will give them the books. Pete is in Flemington on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Pete. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Listen, I've driven a lot of miles on Route 78 through New Jersey from Pennsylvania to New York. Right. And I have to say that the New York drivers do not know how to coast. Do not know how to coast? They don't know how to let their foot off the gas without hitting the brake. Okay. And no matter what lane they're in, they're two-foot drivers. They drive people crazy because one set of brake lights sets off a chain reaction, and it's just never a good thing. No, no, no. I get what you're saying. I've noticed that they just don't know how to let off the gas and just coast without touching the brakes. <laughs> but you know what? How are they able to do it? Because there's no open road. Everything is so clogged up by you. Well, on Route 78, that's a major highway going through the state. Yeah. When you, so they're driving. So when, your thing is they're driving too fast. Well, no. It's when they let off the If something happens, they don't know how to let off the gas without hitting the brake. Yeah. It sets up a chain reaction behind them. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's, it's New York City driving, I guess. I don't know, but it does. it's very irritating to me and several people that I've talked to about it. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. In Branchburg, we have Todd on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Todd. Todd, you there? Todd. Listen, listen, don't listen to the radio. Listen to the phone. Can you hear me? I got New York drivers calling in going, you know, my problem is I got Todd. He's on the radio, not listening. Todd, you there? I'm doing good, Todd. Talk into the phone. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I'm here. Todd, there we go. <laughs> so, okay, buddy. So what are you thinking about, pal? Well, what I was thinking was you're trying to merge in the traffic on the highway. You're the truck coming down the highway. Right. And they get to the, you know, they look like they're going to merge in, but they, then they don't. They just kind of like stop at the end of the, 
you know. Yeah, they're afraid. They don't understand what, what Jersey driving is about. They don't understand merge. So they'll get to the end of where the merge is, and they just stop waiting, expecting, like, the, the Red Sea of Road to part so that they can yeah. jump in and let them in. And we don't operate like that. Yeah, no. Well, especially when they get to the end of the ramp, they stop. Yeah. If you kept going, you know. It's like Minnesota operates like that. We don't operate yeah. like that. You know, we, no, hell no. Yeah, hell absolutely. No. Uh, where do you drive, Todd? I don't drive anymore, but I remember these days when you did drive. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's why, this is why you don't drive anymore, Todd. You got so disgusted, you said I'm not doing this anymore. I, I actually couldn't afford it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Jersey can do that to you, Todd. You may have to move to a yeah. cheaper state when they let you drive. Where is that at? You tell me. You got to go like Delaware where there's no state tax so you could buy a cheap car with the money you're saving. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. On the Twitter, we got New York drivers rapid lane changing and speeding says okay. Uh, then we've got, uh, let's see. It's extremely close between New York and Pennsylvania, says Chris. They have no clue what the left lane is for. Common complaint. It's all about the left lane. No clue what the left lane is for. Pennsylvania, too slow in the passing lane. They don't understand, says John Manzo, uh, be my guest caterers. The left lane is for passing, not driving, Miss Daisy. Uh, see that? 1-800-283-101.5. New Yorkers love doing 45 in the left lane. Get out of the way. What is it about the left lane in New Jersey that's such an attraction? You're going to be able to go to travel company, you know, travel agencies. I want to spend my vacation in New Jersey. Come to New Jersey. Drive slow in the left lane. It's almost like a selling point. 1-800-283-101.5. Who are the out-of-state drivers that annoy you the most? Which state is the worst from the out-of-state drivers? What's your experience like with the out-of-state drivers? Spring is finally here. You're back outside doing what you love the most. Is pain holding you back? Don't you want to enjoy a life without pain? Well, you need to go to Trinity Rehab. Trinity Rehab can help. Pain or even age is no excuse. Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you've ever tried. No prescription needed, same-day appointments, fast results. Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions and no prescription is needed to get started. Trinity Rehab has dozens of locations in New York and Pennsylvania and like the newest ones in Woodbridge, Flemington, and Toms River and Wall, so you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. 1.5, And Mom is said to be days like this. Could be the New Jersey State song, you think? 1-800-283-101.5. Out-of-state drivers in New Jersey are so bad. If you had to complete that sentence, how would you do it? Who are the worst out-of-state drivers in New Jersey? And what's your experience been like with out-of-state drivers in New Jersey? Let's go to Rob in West Orange. What's up, Robbo? From the streets of Union City. There he is. There he is. What's happening, pal? Full effect, baby. Yeah, there he is. What's going on? Let me tell you. The worst drivers in New Jersey? Yeah. Out-of-state? Florida. Florida. 
That's number one for me. Number okay. Is Pennsylvania. Okay. Number three, New York. Now, why Florida? How did Florida get the number one? Because they don't give a crap. I don't say that. Scrap. <laughs> yes, right. Okay. C H R A P. Yes. Yes. So, because all right. So I used to live in Florida, and right. what happens is you can ride the left lane. That's a fast lane. Here, it's our passing lane. Right. And they don't understand that. So you get people driving in the left lane, and they don't they don't care. But they don't understand our laws. So they won't get out of the left lane. But you know what? If they go fast in the left, they go faster than me in the left lane. I'm okay. They don't. That's the problem. Sometimes they don't. Correct. And then you got a truck. Now, you know the truck. The truck lane is also like in the middle lane. Now I got I got a a, a guy driving kind of fast, and then I got a truck in the middle lane, and I'm in the right lane. Where do I go? Well, that's it. They box you in. They box you in. Yeah, exactly. I hate That's why I'm always, I hate it too. I'm always, look, I always tell my girlfriend, tell Carly all the time, I'm like, either pick one lane, because if you're in the middle lane, you got two people that can hit you, mm-hmm. either on the right or the left. But obviously our left lane is our passing lane. So to me, and and honestly, like Pennsylvania people, I think they don't care about anything. They come in here. They're in they're their like, own world. You know, yeah, absolutely. But New York people, they do care because they're, look, they're, half of them are Uber drivers. Uber drivers. Yeah, a lot of Uber drivers from New York come out here. No, no, yeah, I get that. I thought you said Uber drivers for a second. Yeah, no, I get it. But even then, they got to obey the law. Well, they're supposed to, but if they don't know the law, then how can they? That's why we need to put signs in the left lane. Rob, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. We got money for everything else in this friggin' state. Put signs in the left lane somewhere on the highway. You know, when you at the toll booths, on the overpasses, the left lane is for passing. Stay out of it unless you're going to pass. We will find you. Kenny is in Sterling on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Kenny. Stevie. How you doing, man? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm making lunch, multitasking, but I'm listening to you on the radio. But what's the worst time of this year? You get all the snowbirds. Right. Coming back up to fl- from Florida. Oh, no. And they're entitled because, hey, I live in Jersey. I can drive. <laughs> they know exactly what they haven't taken my keys away down here, up here yet. <laughs> right? You know, they're in the left lane and they're doing 50 miles an hour. Uh-huh. I'm entitled. I'm a Jersey resident. Yeah, you know, and in Florida, well, they don't do that in Florida, right? Florida, they don't waste no time. Golf carts. You got the golf carts. Oh, in Florida. Do that. Okay. But now they come, they're all coming north now. It's it's the flocking season. They're all coming back north. <laughs> uh, lucky for us. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Uh, 1-800-283-101.5. Let's see. Some of what we got here. Uh, probably South Carolina, since I live down there, says Beth Coffey. And uh, Southern California, I'm sorry, since I live down here now. And I see how they are every day. Who goes right to turn left and vice versa? Yeah, I've heard bad things about Southern California. Uh, or about all of like driving around Los Angeles. 1-800-283-101.5. Ontario, Canada has come into this. All right. Worst, uh, worst drivers out of state. What are we talking about? 
Have you been thinking about adding a pet to your family? My friends at Pet Center in Old Bridge know exactly how to match you with the perfect pet. They have a large selection of quality puppies from USDA licensed and inspected breeders. When you bring home a Pet Center puppy, you get the most comprehensive guarantees in the market, up-to-date vaccines, five generations of pedigree, and a complete homecoming kit. They have a large selection of small animals, reptiles, birds, and tropical fish. Visit them in the shops at Old Bridge on Route 9 or at PetCenterNJ.com today. Dennis and Judy. Wildly entertaining your weekdays for over 20 years on New Jersey 101.5. Yeah, 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 yeah. Steve Trudeau is talking to you till 11 o'clock tonight on this beautiful Monday in New Jersey, the 1st of May already. May Day. Is what they call this, and uh, man, it, it is still cold outside. For May the first, you would figure it'd be a little warmer. I think we got April showers out of the way over the weekend. It uh, took me longer to get here because I had to make detours around all the road closures that we dealt with, and hopefully they get that taken care of. But the number is one eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. Tomorrow, May second. Teacher Appreciation Day. And I put a post on my Facebook page. Uh, if you want to shout out a teacher, I'll do a post tomorrow shouting out, uh, you know, the teachers uh, and the good work that they do. However, there is one teacher whose name people in South Orange want to hear. Prosecutors are demanding that an Essex County school district release the name of a teacher accused of dangling a four-year-old child upside down in a preschool classroom earlier this year. Family, uh, this is Rick Rickman's article on NJ1015.com. The family of Dalen Wilkins told reporters that in March that a nonverbal boy on the autism spectrum came home from school Monday, March 28th with bruises and cuts. Two days later, they received a call from the principal of Montrose Early Childhood Center, a school in South Orange Maplewood School District, explaining he had been abused by the teacher. Now, there was a rally yesterday uh, in South Orange, and uh, Felicia George, a community organizer in South Orange, Orange uh, one of the organizers of the rally, says the list of demands are simple. Uh, she said in front of the protesters, we want Dalen to be placed in another school, full transparency about the policy when it comes to a child being harmed and the name of the teacher to be released. Now, they say the investigation is continuing. I don't know how long, you know, as we go over a month now, uh, how long can this take? Uh, Adeliana Cordrado, secretary of the superintendent, told New Jersey 101.5 today that the teacher remains on administrative leave. Over a month later, the district has not named the teacher. And the Division of Child Protection and Permanency in Essex County Prosecutor's Office and South Orange Police are investigating. Uh, South Orange Police Chief Ernesto Murillo said in a recent statement to the community that authorities are gathering evidence that might support criminal charges if appropriate. Why does this take so long? Uh, but my question is this. You know, first of all, you know, it's funny when you hear, you know, well, back in my day, this happened all the time. Well, if you're a kid that it happened to back in the day, you can really sympathize. I used to get knocked around all the time in school. And it wasn't a good thing. It really sucked because the kids believe in the authority of the teacher. 
you know, four-year-old kid on the spectrum uh, is being held upside down and dangled. He doesn't know what's going on. How do you feel about this? And shouldn't the, you know, should the name be released? 1-800-283-101.5. Why do you think this is taking so long? And have you ever had, you know, go back in the day or whatever, have you ever had an experience where a teacher put their hands on a student? I can't believe this would happen in 2023. You know, of all time, you talk about how far we've come that this could go on today. But, you know, what do you think should happen here? How do you feel about this, you know, about what's going on here? I can't understand why it's taken this long. And uh, as far as releasing the name, do we have a right to know? Do the parents have a right to know? And what kind of justice should be done? As far as uh, putting Dalen in a different school, that's a no-brainer. Full transparency about the policy when it comes to a child being harmed. Why would the school not give you that? Why would that not exist? As far as the name of the teacher being released, how do you feel about that? We should know. If anything, the teacher should get out in front of it. As the investigation continues. I don't know how long it could take. You know, I don't know what the procedure is, but why do you think it's taking so long? And uh, if you were out at the protest in uh, South Orange, let me know. 1-800-283-101.5. Have you ever had a situation where a teacher would put their hands on a student? Has a teacher ever put his hands on you or their hands on you? You know, you go back to the nuns. This is, you know, you figure this would be like how far we've come, that this wouldn't happen anymore. And then you ask yourself, what would compel a teacher to do this? 1-800-283-101.5. Of course, like you have to say this, under no circumstances does a teacher put their hands on a student. But to grab a four-year-old kid, turn him upside down and dangle him? What's going on? South Orange Village Police Chief Ernesto Murillo also released a statement about the incident, citing the allegations particularly troubling where a child may have been the victim of physical abuse. No parent should ever feel that their child is anything but safe uh, when left in the care of the faculty at any school. That being said, it's also important that everyone receives due process when accused of any act, especially one that may be deemed criminal. The statement continued, the family of the alleged victim and the public can feel confident that a thorough and complete investigation is being conducted. Do you feel confident that a thorough uh, investigation and complete investigation is being conducted? 1-800-283-101.5. So have you ever had to deal with a teacher crossing the line with your kid? 1-800-283-101.5. Have you ever been in a situation you know, back in the day where you, you know, what are some of the things that teachers have done to you or your relatives? You know, and thank God we've come this far. You know, when you don't, you don't hear about, well, that was nothing. No, it was something. It was something back then as well. If you were ever smacked around by a teacher, if you were ever had anyone put their hands on you when you were a kid, give me a call. 1-800-283-101.5. It should never happen. It should never have happened here. And here, you know, the name should absolutely be released. And the transparency should be released. 
We need to know exactly from day one. Here's what's going on. The family has a right to know. Everyone else in that school has a right to know. 1-800-283-101.5. But have you ever uh, had to deal with such a situation? And how do you feel about this? Because when I read this, you shake your head and you're like, all right, what is this, 1969? You know, have we, have we not evolved from this? And yet here we are. And so many protesters had to gather. And you figure, you know, enough time has gone by. How long could it possibly take to investigate a teacher grabbing a student, a four-year-old boy on the spectrum, holding him upside down and dangling him? I I, I don't know how how much thorough one has to be. And this is another reason why I love the idea of cameras in the classrooms. You know, cameras in the classrooms put an end to this. You know, and we'll throw that out there as well. Should there be cameras in all New Jersey school classrooms? This way, anything that goes on, we know exactly what's going on. Because when you hear about things like this, it wouldn't it wouldn't take sixty days for an investigation to go on, or thirty days for March, April, right? It wouldn't take over a month. That's better if we had cameras in the classrooms. Now, anything that goes on in the classroom. We know. Go to the videotape. And I put sound on the cameras as well. So that this way, if anything is said, you can monitor how the teacher conducts themselves. You can monitor how the student conducts themselves. And you can make whatever decisions you have to make after that. So 1-800-283-101.5. Let's throw that into the mix as well. How do you feel about what happened? To a four-year-old boy, should the name of the teacher be released that held a four-year-old boy upside down, autistic child, shaking him? As the investigation from March 28th continues, should there be cameras in the classrooms? 1-800-283-101.5. I got Paul. I got some other people buzzing in. I'm going to get to you right away. Right after that, New Jersey 101.5 fast traffic weather. Every 15 minutes on New Jersey 101.5. Right, 1-800-283-101.5. Protesters demand answers about a New Jersey teacher accused of holding an autistic preschooler upside down. So says the headline, NJ.com. Uh, should there be cameras in the classrooms? Because the investigation has now gone on for over a month. We still have no answers. We still don't have the name of the teacher. Uh, tomorrow, Teacher Appreciation Day, by the way. Uh, go to my Facebook page and uh, put a shout out to a teacher. I'll do a post tomorrow. But we're talking about this right now. How do you feel about what happened? How do you feel about the idea of cameras in the classrooms with sound? Paul is in Tom's River under Jersey 101.5. Hi, Paul. Hello. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Paul. How are you? Okay. Not too bad. But yeah, I called in. Uh, you asked about people who had experienced something with a teacher. Um, I grew up in California. Right. And went to parochial school there. Right. And corporal punishment was standard fare if the kid was way out of line or doing things. It wasn't the first thing that they would do. But, yeah, you know, you if you really acted up, you'd go to the principal's office, he had a paddle, and he'd 
give you a smack on the behind. I think going into his office was scarier than actually being hit, but... But how did it work out? I mean, you know what? We, we have those stories. Did it work out well? Are we better for it, or or did it just mess us up? It definitely did not mess me up. Okay. It worked well. How did it work well? It happened once or twice. <laughs> but I mean, like, again. but how did it work well for you? How is it like, well, I'm a better man now because the teacher smacked me with a ruler? Well... It worked well because it showed me that there are definite consequences to your actions. Mm-hmm. If you mess up, you can expect to be punished for it. If people today, if more people did that today, there would probably be a lot less crime in the world. I don't know. Everyone was punished appropriately. Oh, you I'm know, not saying everyone should be hit or whatever. Or was there more crime in the world then? I don't know. I mean, you know what? For me, like, I got hit a lot. And I got to the point where if I could survive getting hit, then I, it was kind of like, okay, I could take the beatings. I, you know, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Well, I could take the beatings, so therefore I could do whatever I want. And it didn't worry me anymore. <laughs> it was kind of like it went the opposite way. Mark is in Whiting on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Mark. Steve. Yeah. Wait, what, what did that guy just say? He's, what? You're cutting in and out. Mark? Yeah, are you there? I'm there. Okay, I got you. What were you saying? Yeah, did you, yeah, did you, did you hear what that guy just said? What did he say? That it should happen today? There's no way that physical abuse should ever happen in any school. No, I agree. I, but you see, like, in his mind, what well, may be a better man, I don't think it did. I think, if anything, it messed you up. That's what I'm. I, that's what when he said that I couldn't believe what he just said. Mm-hmm. I can't believe what he just said. All right, uh, let me get off of that guy. Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, right? Uh, um, I, I grew up in. Uh, I was born in 1960, so around 1962 uh, I was born. Right. Around 1972, 73. So we went on a field trip to some a mountainous area in Trenton. Right. To a babbling brook and all of that. And I was a little bit of a problem child. I'm not going to deny it. And I might have been picking on a I was picking on a kid. Right. So the, the kid I was picking on went to the teacher and told, told on me. So I was looking under rocks for salamanders. I was bending down and, you know, I like I like that kind of stuff. I still do, even at my age. So what happened, Mark? He attacked me from behind. He what? He attacked me from behind. What does that mean? Not he knocked me into the stream. Really? My face my face fell straight into the rocks. If you ever been Wow. So what happened? Mark? Got him bruised up. He he monked me up pretty good. So, and um, he got away with it. Uh, he, yep, he got up. So what did you do? Did you go home and tell your father? My parents knew. I told my parents. Yeah, I know. That was the other thing, right? Back in those days, you didn't even have an ally in your parents because they would turn around and give it to you. Chuck is in Sayreville on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Chuck. Hey, how you doing? Good. How about you? 
I'm all right. That last guy, I can't believe you left him on that long because he sounded like the drunk. That Paul guy before that. What are you rating the callers now? Oh, come on, then you better be great. After you're putting down the last two callers, this better be the most pristine oh. phone call I have ever oh. taken. It might put everybody on. I give everybody oh. a chance. Go ahead. Paul sounded great in what he said. Okay. When I was in second grade, I'm a 67-year-old man. Okay. When I was in second grade. I jumped out the second-story window. Right. To show off to the girls. Right. When I came in back Second in, grade, you playboy. You're showing off the girls. Go ahead. <laughs> and where did he catch you? Where did he catch you? It got me slapped in my wrist with a yardstick. And that was a good thing. Why? And my 90-year-old mother just heard this story last week. She said, if I <laughs> And knew, she smacked you, you with another yardstick, right? And, and I'll tell you what. I right. never jumped out of the second-story window since. <laughs> oh, gee, that told you a lesson. <laughs> it's a well, good thing, you, right? God only knows how many second-story windows you would have jumped out of had you not been smacked <laughs> by a yardstick in the second grade. That's right. And that's why there's so much criminal activity, because people ain't getting spanked. People, they Spare the rods, spoil the chuck. When they need spanked, you spank them. You don't hold a kid upside that. down in a classroom. We have well, evolved that, beyond that. Well, that's a little different story. It depends on what the kid did. No, no, no. There's never, ever, ever any excuse. Carl, hang out. 1-800-283-101.5. A four-year-old boy on the spectrum, held upside down, shaken in school. And uh, we don't know why. We don't know who the teacher is. The investigation goes on forever. Should there be cameras in the classroom? What are some of the things that you had to deal with at the hands of teachers back in the day? And was it really a good idea? I don't think it was. But but that's me. Your thoughts. 830. On New Jersey, 101.5, Steve Trevely's. Tomorrow is Teacher's Appreciation Day. Today, we want the name of the teacher who held a four-year-old boy on the spectrum, shaking him upside down uh, in South Orange. Uh, how do you feel about that? Your thoughts, 1-800-283-101.5. Uh, the incident occurred in South Orange. Family of Dalen Wilkins told reporters in March that the nonverbal boy on the autism spectrum came home on Monday with bruises and cuts, and they received a call from the principal of the Montrose Early Childhood Center uh, School in South Orange Maplewood School District explained that he had been abused by the teacher. Put cameras in the classroom, and you don't have to worry about that. Put cameras in the classroom, and your investigation would go so much faster. Protects the teacher, protects the students. How do you feel? And also, you know those things, those stories about, I got smacked by my teachers back in the day? Well, what are some of the things that happened to you? And uh, how did that work out? Was it really a good idea? 1-800-283-101.5. Carl's in Tom's River on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Carl. Steve, good evening, my friend. How are you? I went to a school by you. I grew up in West New York by you, Steve. Where'd you go? Lady of Libra. I don't, that Memorial. I don't know if you went to Emerson or Union Hill. I went to St. Joe's right next to Memorial. 
my God. When did you get out, Steve? Oh, my God. No, don't even talk about it. Don't even, I learned to duck. We had we had a brother, Butter Francis. He's called Buff. He was tough. I know him very good. My wife had him. Oh, my God. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. He talked like Dracula. He was a Jesuit. Uh-huh. We heard he was the Golden Coast champion in 1960. He was a tough guy. He knew how to... He did everything isometrically, like G. G um, he was algebra one. Yeah, he was a smart guy, tough guy. Too. He was a tough, smart guy. So, 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 what do you think after in all these years? When you look back, what are you thinking? Well, I got out of high school in '74. Right. I didn't have no trouble in Memorial, no public school. Right. Anyway, Steve, to make a long story short, I come from an Italian background, like you. Right. And no matter what you did, when you got hit, I used to go in the corner, Steve, on my knee four or five hours a day sometimes for doing nothing, maybe for talking. Kneeling on the pointer? Oh, I got beat with a pointer on my back. Uh-huh. In fact, my wife went to St. Jude's Grammar School. She seen a nunchuck scissors at a kid. They used to line you up. I remember in first grade, they they had the kid in front of the classroom sticking his tongue out. And Sister Adrian had the scissors ready to cut the tongue off, waiting for the kid to cry. Yeah, and let me tell you something else, Steve. You're going to laugh at me. What is that? You'll say, yeah, I remember. I'm going back. I started in 61 kindergarten. Right. A lady of Libra, Steve. That was on 54th and Kennedy. Right. To make a long, they closed down now. To make a long story short, Steve. I'd go home and tell my parents they'd hit me again. Well, yeah, that was the other thing. That was normal back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they, your parents were not on your side when it came to the nuns and the priests. Carl, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. But in the end, it really wasn't a good thing. Kathy is in Blackwood on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Steve. How are you doing? I'm going good. What are you doing on a Monday night? Well, I'm parked in the Meadows Diner about to pick up a turkey bill, too, but that's beside the point. Okay. I agree with you about cameras in the classrooms. Cameras everywhere. They're already everywhere. Why not the classroom, especially to protect the kids? And I'll tell you what, if that was my kid and I found out what the teacher did, I'd be hunting her down. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, okay, here's my story for second-grade Catholic school. I was a chatty Kathy, and the uh, nun got fed up, and she decided to put masking tape over my mouth. Uh, how'd that work out? Well, I was still chatty. Yeah, really. It didn't matter. It, really didn't, it, it. it didn't matter, but it was it was a nice attempt on her part. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Earl is in Bucks County on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Earl. How you doing tonight, Steve? Good. How about you? Enjoying the show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm against, uh, number one, I'm against that the guy that, that what he do turn the kid upside down, supposedly by the by the legs. Yeah, and a four year old kid. What kind of man? You? What kind of teacher is this? Yeah, that's that's a little <laughs> that's strange. When I was uh, back in sixty two, sixty yeah sixty two sixty, I was uh, about fifteen sixteen. I went to a special school in Philly. It was called Daniel Boone. Okay. I don't think it's it's anymore. But all the teachers in there, it was for bad kids. All the teachers in there were gym teachers. <laughs> and my God, they walked around with newspapers rolled up. Mm-hmm. What the heck they got newspapers rolled? They would hit you in the back of the head with the newspaper, or they would hit you in the ribs, you know, straight like a nightstick, straight on. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And that was acceptable. I deserved it. I deserved it. I deserved it. I, 
And that was acceptable. Nobody deserved that. No matter what could you possibly have done in a school. That You see, that's the yeah, thing. We, 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 in those days, we're thinking, well, we deserved it. We talked in class. No, you didn't. No, 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 no. We were bad. To go to that school, that Daniel Boone, that was a special school for all bad kids. Did you commit a crime? It was a, huh? Did you commit a crime? Oh, no, no. Well. It was behavior behavior problems. Yeah, I know, but come on. You know what I mean? And like I said, uh, you had to sign off on it. My parents signed off on it. But you want to talk about rough. I can still remember. One of the teachers even back then rode rode a motorcycle to school. (laughs) (laughs) That was was like 62, 63. Oh, man, you're going back. Jim is in Hudson County on New Jersey 101.5. A Hudson County teacher beating story. What a surprise. No, no, no. There's no teacher. Well, I did. I had a a fifth grade teacher that used to scare the shit out of you. Don't say that. You can't curse on the radio, Jimmy. Come on. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. That's okay. Tell me. So how do you feel about the cameras in the classroom? The cameras, I'm all for the cameras, but there's got to be some kind of, you know, there's got to be regulation. There's got to be paperwork. There's got to. Well, how would you? Well, how would you paperwork? What do you mean? Just turn them on with sound, and we record. Anything happens, we got tape. We got evidence. In order to, yeah, in order to view that evidence, there has to be an active incident or an active report. Otherwise, it just gets thrown away. The file every day, every couple of days. You know, like. Well, if there's nothing wrong, then you can keep recycling, right? But you only use it when you need it. Exactly. As long as it's there when you need it, fine. I just don't like the spying on people in general. So well, we're I, kind of doing that everywhere now anyway, right? Uh, we're under, we're under uh, camera 24-7 anyway, unless you're outdoors. You're on the camera. So. But that's what I mean. <laughs> the, only, the only people not on camera these days are, are kids in the classroom. You see that? There you go. We got to get them into the loop. 1-800-283-101.5. How do you speed up the investigation of a four-year-old autistic child who's held upside down and shaken by a teacher? You put cameras in the classroom. Why would teachers be doing this in 2023? We find out by putting cameras in the classroom. What were some of the things that that were done to you back in the day? Spring is finally here. You are back outside doing what you love the most. Is pain holding you back? Don't you want to enjoy life without pain? Well, you need to go to Trinity Rehab. Trinity Rehab can help. Pain or even age is no excuse. Trinity Rehab is unlike any place you've ever tried. No prescription needed. Same-day appointments. Fast results. Trinity Rehab actually fixes the pain instead of masking it. Call Trinity Rehab at 800-518-0977 or go to trinity-rehab.com. Be sure to ask about their EPAT therapy. It's cutting-edge acoustic pressure wave therapy that breaks up scar tissue, enhances healing, frees you from pain fast. In fact, most patients see results in three five-minute sessions and no prescription is needed to get started. Started. Fraternity Rehab has dozens of locations in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, like their newest ones in Woodbridge, Flemington, Toms River, and Wall. So you know there's one near you. For more details, visit trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. 15 minutes on New Jersey 101.5. Steve Trevelisse. Four-year-old autistic boy on the spectrum is uh, held upside down, shaken by a teacher in South Orange, New Jersey, at the Montrose Early Childhood Center, March 28th. Want to know why the investigation is taking so long? How do you feel about the idea of putting cameras in the classrooms of New Jersey schools with sound? This way, when anything happens, we know about it. What are some of the things that happened to you as a result of teachers back in the day? Uh, let's go to Harry and Howell on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Harry. 
Good evening, good evening. How are you? Um, my, my story goes back to the early 70s when I was in the seventh grade. Right. Uh, so, and, uh, well, first of all, the names have been changed to protect the guilty. Okay. Um, I was in English class. Right. And the, the English teacher was Mrs. Richmond. And I'm calling her that because she was a Southern Belle from Virginia. Right. And she, she was, she had red hair. Well, they beat their children. Yes. And, uh, she was very old. I think she may have taught William Faulkner. Okay. And she didn't take anything from anybody. Right. Well, she had to leave the classroom for a few minutes, told to be on her best behavior. We had uh, one of the prototypical school bullies. He was like Scott Farkas from A Christmas Story. Okay. And it was, it was Kevin Smith. Let's call him Kevin Smith. Okay. And, and he decided to take the opportunity to taunt one of the uh, mainstream kids who would today probably be on the autistic spectrum. And he stole his book and began to taunt him with it. And uh, he ended up throwing it out the window. Now, this was a modern, at the time, new school, ranch style, that had those windows that opened out, that swung out. And it was all one floor. And uh, the, the windows opened out into the central courtyard right. of the school. Well, uh, not being satisfied with having thrown the book out the window, he decided it decided to retrieve it to further taunt his victim. And he's leaning out the window trying to pick up the book when Mrs. Richmond came in. And she shoved him out the window, closed it. Threw him out the window. Behind him. Shoved him out the window. And I still remember the look on his face as he stood up. And he's out there in the central courtyard, and she motions to him to go to the office, and she gets on the telephone, and, and she says to the office, uh, uh, Mr. Smith is going to be coming into the office. Please have the vice principal call me. I'll never forget that if I live to be 120. No, that's amazing. See, I, we, have, we have come a long way since then. Uh, but again, cameras in the classroom. You know, we, we don't do this anymore. It, obviously, it didn't work. Uh, we all need to be a little bit happier, I think. And, and and when you hear about things like this happening in school, there's only one man that could lift your spirits. And he's in Philadelphia. And, and he calls me now with his music on. What's happening, Anthony? How you doing, good brother? I am doing good, and you? I never had a bad day in my life. Yeah, well, it's coming. Don't worry about it. <laughs> when it does come, it's going to be big. <laughs> you know, on on average, on in any given classroom in Philadelphia, New Jersey, there's twenty to thirty cameras in the classroom. You know, every day there are. Yeah, I'm not talking about huh. the kids. I'm talking about actual cameras from the ceiling, so the kid knows when they go into school, there's a camera. And the teacher knows there's a camera, and everything is going to be recorded. I'm surprised. You see, four-year-old kids aren't going to pull out their phone and record anything because they don't have one. But when you got a teacher holding a four-year-old autistic child upside down and shaking him, it calls for some kind of. Why would an investigation go on this long? What else do you have to do? Uh, you, well, I mean, cameras aside, that person shouldn't be in a school teaching. Agreed. Yeah, children let alone autistic children, um, 
there's got to be a, a better vetting process. I you agree. Know, camera aside, um, I think you, you are who you are in front or behind the camera. And, um, you know, not, not saying that these kids are, some of these kids are, 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 are terrorists. No, I get that, but there's got, to, and then you have to have a, a, a better method of punishment than that. You know, yeah, you, yeah that's not. Yeah. But you're dealing with four year olds. You're not dealing with fourteen year olds. Yeah, you know, no, these kids that, don't that understand. Lucky because if that was me back in the day, um, if that was you right now, yeah, they did. Was that a, 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 a woman teacher or a man teacher? They don't ever release the name. We don't know. Don't know. So if it was a man teacher, he would he would get his come up and it's from me. Uh-huh. If it was a woman teacher, she would get her come up and it's from my wife. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but you okay. see, this is, what, this is what I'm saying, you know, and, and again, the way you prevent things like this, the way you speed up investigations is cameras in the cl- cameras are everywhere else. Cameras with sound. This way, if there's a problem, the problem can be instantly solved by going to the videotape. Yeah. But listen, I got to no, hit the no. news. You expedite the process, though. You're right. Exactly. Right. All right, we'll talk. I gotta hit that. I gotta. I gotta hit the news. Hold on, Donald John. Don't go anywhere. On your radio, online, and on your smart speaker. I get you through the night. All right. Good night. All right. Steve Trevely is halfway through the Monday night on the Jersey 101.5. Go to nj1015.com. The uh, NFL schedule release date has been announced next Thursday night. You go read out all the stories, the games that could be happening, the Giants, uh, the Jets, and the Eagles, all relevant, all going to get primetime games, and uh, it's going to be great. I cannot wait. And the Marlboro High School graduate who made such a difference in the NFL draft. I have researched it. I have written about it. You must read about it. Uh, we're talking about the four-year-old autistic boy. And we're talking about this in the last hour who was held upside down on March 28th and uh, who was uh, at the Montrose Early Childhood Center by a teacher. And we have not gotten the teacher's name. We don't know what happened. We don't know what's happening. The investigation continues. There was a protest in in, uh, South Orange. And uh, basically, uh, this is what they want. You know, they want the boy moved to another school. And they want transparency in the investigation. And they want the teacher, uh, they want the teacher's name. So my salute, how do you feel about that? Number one, by the way, Bob Fossack is going to call at 935. He was supposed to call now, but this topic had gone a little longer. So I asked Bob, uh, retired detective Robert Fossack of the Manalpin Police Department, the first college graduate on the Manalpin Police Force. I think I knew that, huh? To uh, call at 935. But what we're talking about right now is how do you feel about the idea to speak? these investigations up so that there's more transparency in the schools so that we know what's going on with these teachers by the way tomorrow teachers appreciation day should there be cameras in the classroom and what are some of the things that you had to deal with when you went to school as far as teachers went all right we're going to john in howell on new jersey 101.5 hey john steve finally i got you i waited long enough i'm i'm 63 so I'm a baby boomer. Right. First of all, um, I don't understand why these public schools, they have a hard time getting rid of bad teachers. And after the, 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 the COVID, they have an easy time getting rid of good teachers. It's so really, really hard to find teachers is the problem. 
You know, it, I it mean, is. yeah. Well, my the the other point I wanted to make uh, it was not only cameras. I think good teachers would love to have cameras. I would think so. I remember uh, Miss Zabo. She was exactly a teacher that was in the Christmas story. Right. You know, I was fourth grade. And I remember my mother telling me when I left the house, you listen to your teacher and you do what your teacher tells you. When I went to school, Miss Zabo looked like that teacher in the Christmas story. Right. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, everybody paid attention. Nobody gave any lip. And she just had quiet authority. Nobody needed to be spanked. Nobody needed to be hit. Nobody needed nothing. She just walked around with quiet authority, and that's it. You just did it. You just did your schoolwork, and you went home. Well, when on the way home, right. if you got into a fight or something, that was your own business. Exactly. You know? Yeah, but that's a different that's, story. That's a different world. And I think there's a, there's a lot failing. Um, the, the, the family life is failing, and the public education is failing. Yeah, but John, John, there's no excuse for this. I don't care what the world well, is like. No, There's no excuse. That. No. Yeah, that's no, what we're talking about. So we got to stay, saying, we gotta stay focused on the topic. Why is it so hard to get rid of bad teachers? Again, you know, as far as the teachers go, the vetting process needs to be worked on. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Sometimes people slip through the cracks, partly because it's so hard to find teachers, partly because the teachers are pretty much at the mercy of their students. So if you put, if you was a way to protect the teacher from the student, the student from the teacher, something that would be an independent mediator as to what went on, what happened today. Here's what happened. It's there. It's on tape with sound. If there's a problem with a student, it's on tape with sound. There's a problem with the teacher, it's on tape with sound. That's why I say cameras in the classroom seem to be the best idea. Donald's in Tupelo, Mississippi, home of Elvis Presley. Am I right? Donald? I'm waiting on you, buddy. I just asked you. Are you is, is that where Elvis is from? No, Elvis from Mississippi, yes, Tupelo. That's what I just said. Are you in Tupelo? No, me? You talking Donald Bird? Yeah, I thought you would. It says here Donald in Tupelo, Mississippi. No, no, Beaumont. Mississippi. Oh, Beaumont. I'm sorry. Okay. Isn't there a uh, a, doll, a, a, a dolphin stadium down there? Yeah, Tupelo, Mississippi is from, uh, yeah, that's that's up north Mississippi. Oh, okay, okay. So, Donald, tell me, what are you... I'm just talking. I'm uh, just talking. I've listened to y'all, man. I got you on the phone. I'm glad. Thank you so much. Are you listening on the app? I'm listening to y'all talk right now. You've been talking to all kinds of people. Okay, so what do you think, Donald? Donald, yes. And, and, and I think, you know what, what that guy was just saying, yeah. And, and what, what did he say, 72? He was talking about something in 72? Donald, you sure you got the right station? Born in 62. Donald, how do you feel about the idea of cameras in the classrooms? I think spare the rods for the child. But now a four-year-old autistic child, yes, that's fucked up. All right, Donald, I got to let you go now because, again, we cannot curse. I gotta explain this to people, you know. Curtis is in New Brunswick on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Curtis. Brother Stu. What's going on, my friend? 
How you been, sir? I've been good. How about you? Yes, I know you're a very busy man. Um, I don't totally agree with the guy. I, I don't think he, uh, the last caller. Uh-huh. Think about, I, I don't totally agree, uh, disagree with him. What, what I think he was trying to say, back in the day, I'm from Barbados, I'm not right. from here. Uh-huh. Back in the day, 40 years ago, the teachers were your guardian. Right. In America now, the parents cuss the teacher out and they go to diapers and stuff. They're good teachers and they're bad teachers. But who, who can you trust? It's, it's, you can trust the camera. Do. You can trust the camera because yeah, the, the camera won't lie. Yeah, the camera won't lie. The camera can't lie. Exactly. I install cameras. There you go. So you put them in the classrooms, right? So you put them in the classrooms. You point them appropriately. You put them in the bathroom or anything. No, no, in the, the classrooms. Classroom. In the classrooms. You put them in the classrooms. Put them yeah. in the hallway. I think they're already in the hallways, right? And then you. So this way, the kids are constant, and the teachers are all under yeah, surveillance. Right. So if the if the if the teacher lie on the kid, uh-huh. or if the kid lie on the teacher, you got it right there. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's it's so easy. Yeah, but so what's stopping it, uh, uh, by the way? New Jersey, Curtis. It's New Jersey. It takes oh, a while. Uh, New things, Jersey uh, sucks. Uh, you tell me about it. I'm Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. That's the most frustrating thing. i got to be careful now because nobody's doing anything else. <laughs> i got to walk the line here. Uh, 1-800-283-101.5. Yeah, it's, so, it's so sad. A four-year-old autistic boy is held upside down and shaken. I don't know what he could have done. Uh, if teachers can't handle the job, do something else. It takes a certain temperament to be a teacher. You're going to be driven to the point of frustration. And it's one thing when you're dealing with older kids. When you're dealing with a four-year-old autistic child, that's a big... And you and you put your hands on a kid to begin with. And the investigation that is endless. It's been going on since March 28th. And the protesters yesterday, you know, basically saying, you know, they want the name. They want the name of the teacher. They want transparency in the investigation. They want the boy in another school. I totally get that. One way to solve the problem, cameras in the classrooms. If you have cameras, the investigation goes so much faster because it's all right there. 1-800-283-101.5. And also, what are some of the things that happened, you know, uh, when you went to school? As far as teachers go, the diet has changed. You know, once upon a time, teachers could do whatever they want and they had the parents on their side. Now, the parents are, you know, the parents, probably because these parents got hit when they were kids. And they're saying, this ain't happening anymore. And they stood up. You know, the idea, well, back in the day, it's ridiculous. It never should have happened then. Should be happening now. But 1-800-283-101.5. Tell me some of the things that happened to you and how do you feel? about the idea, should we have cameras in the classrooms of New Jersey schools with sound so that everybody hears everything? Bennett's in New Jersey, 101.5. Bob Forsack calling in, uh, retirement alpine detective, victim. Where do you hear this? At 935. I 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. Cameras in the classroom is what we're talking about. One way to avoid uh, four-year-old autistic children being held upside down and shaken by teachers. And one way to uh, inspire schools 
to be more transparent with the information as to who this teacher is and uh, how this was able to happen. The investigation is going on. There was a protest in South Orange yesterday. Uh, Felicia George, a community organizer in South Orange, uh, wants to get to the bottom of the situation. Uh, the list of demands are simple, she said, in front of the protesters. We want Dalen, uh, the child, to be placed in another school. Full transparency about the policy when it comes to a child being harmed and the name of the teacher to be released. Uh, one way to prevent all this, this situation from ever happening again, put cameras in the classroom. This way, uh, for everybody's own good, it keeps everybody honest. Uh, Krista is in Pennsylvania on New Jersey 101.5. Hi, Krista. Hi. Good evening. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? Krista? Are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, how are you doing? Disconnected. I'm doing great. Thank you. So I've had the opportunity to teach not only in New Jersey, but also in Pennsylvania. And I would say that I'm a senior teacher because I'm going into my later 20s years of teaching. Right. And um, when we were during COVID and going virtual, our classrooms were videoed through the whole day. So as teachers, we are used to being videoed, uh, screened, streamed. So we've had that experience right. on um, on that. So for me, if I were to have a camera set up in my classroom, I personally would not mind being videoed. The only downside to that would be sharing children's personal information. So how would you do that? I mean, you're talking about just videotaping the classroom, right? Right. But you have children who sometimes are not permitted on video. You might have children who may not be able to be on camera. Right. So there's a whole logistic besides that. However, if there was a camera that was just on me as opposed to the classroom, that might work out. Why wouldn't children be able to be on camera? Well, you have several reasons. You might have protective custody orders where a child might not be able to be on camera. Right. You might have parents who um, don't support their child being on camera. But if you just had the camera in the class, in other words, you're not training on anyone. It's it's on the whole room. I mean, kids are on, if, if cameras in the hallway, kids are in the hallway, right? I mean, right. they have cameras outside, kids are outside. Just putting the camera in the classroom to record whatever goes on in the classroom. I don't see a problem with that. The teacher as well as the student. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Training on the desk. Right. I mean, we've had that. I used to do that when we were teaching virtually. I had a camera set up where I would be teaching. Children who worked from home were able to log in, check out what's going on. Children in school were able to log in, check out. But we were very mindful to make sure that children were not specifically targeted with the No, no, I get that. I, I would say training on the classroom, training on the teacher. And you know what? You bring up another great point. You could even have the camera available to parents that if they ever wanted to go on their phone, go on their app, they could check out what's going on in the classroom as well. We have that in daycares all in Pennsylvania. So um, many daycare centers, they do have the app where you can kind of go live and see exactly what's going in on their their child's classroom. That would prevent this kind of a situation 100%. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, not only that, but even just being a working mom, it was great for me to be able to log in and see how my children might be doing if they were doing an activity that day. So um, we can use our technology for good, and it could benefit not only the teacher, the children, and the family, but also, you know, and nowadays teachers get such a bad reputation when we're trying so hard. Yeah, let everybody see that. That's, that's a great point. Absolutely. Krista, thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. Peter's in Lawrence. Hello, Peter. Hello, Stephen. You know, this topic is very good. I agree there should be uh, cameras in the classroom. When I was in sixth grade, a gym teacher came in and said, grow up. Uh How old are you in sixth grade? You were supposed to grow up in sixth grade. I was called by other students, retard. I had my crackers spit on. I, at the recess, he used my tie and used wait, wait, wait. The, te- wait, wait, wait. the teachers did this. Teacher, stu- other students, but the teachers were monitoring what the other students were doing. And yeah, the teachers nothing. were negligent in their job, and that never should have happened. It. Yeah, and that's why Priest, you know the, the Monsignor. They were wrong too. They did nothing, mm. and he's on the list of abusers. No, well, there you go. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. This is the whole thing. This the thing that solves the situation. Just so easy. Cameras in the classroom. Have the camera just, you know, with sound so that you can hear what's going on. You want to jump in on your app and uh, check out how Junior's doing in class? If there's ever a problem with what went on in class, we go to the videotape. Here it is. The teachers are trained to conduct all business in front of the camera. Teacher doesn't leave the room to go to the desk of the student. That's right. Leave the desk to go to the desk of the student. Teacher brings the student up to the desk if they want it on camera for everybody's protection. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelisse. Coming up, uh, retired Nalpin police detective Bob Forsack, who had a funny thing happen to him. Wait till you hear. 9.30. Um... Weather also brought to you by Real Estate Wealth Associates, a zero-commission-based real estate marketing and wealth-building company with the sole purpose of treating your home as the center of your financial picture. Visit njrewa.com for more info. Or call 833-885-1671. Steve Travelace, it's a Monday night in New Jersey. Not to be confused with the rainy night in Georgia that happened over the weekend. The rainy night in Jersey. The Eagles are just drafting everyone from Georgia, but that's another story. Once upon a time, we saw the name Bob Forsack on the big screen, and he was played by Timothy Carhart in a movie called In a Child's Name with Valerie Bertinelli, Christopher Maloney. The last time we see Bob Forsack on the big screen, it's your home television, and he's on Impractical Jokers, much to his surprise. And on Thursday night, they aired the episode, and Bob joins us now, my good friend. How are you, pal? Good evening, Steve. Everything's good. How are you? Everything is great. So now, so we've been waiting so long for this to air. So tell the story. What happened? How did you end up being uh, the victim of the joke? Well, my friend Mike, who I play golf with, calls me one afternoon and he says, how about we go up to the Colonial Diner on Route 18 in East Brunswick tonight? He loves their 
uh, hamburger deluxe. So we did, but we had to go early. Right. So when we got there, there was pretty much the place was empty. And when we walked in the doors of the diner, the first thing that struck me odd was whenever you walk into a diner, right by the front door is the register. Right. The yeah. register was there, but the lights were off, and they had a temporary register on the back counter by where the, 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 the uh, cakes and the ice cream and all is with, with the cold area. Right. <clears throat> the girl comes up to us, sits us down in a booth in the front. Right. Now, the dining room is empty, but when we sat in the booth in the front, across from us toward the windows were two tables, and there were three or four girls and a guy in each of the two booths. And I thought that a little odd because of the time and, and you know, the group, the way they were situated. But, you know, you blow it off. Right. The girl comes, the waitress comes back to us and goes, after, after about a minute or two, the waitress, uh, the girl comes back and says, would you mind if we moved you into the dining room? Sure, why not? Yeah. You know, we can do that. Yeah. A little odd. Okay. So they moved us into the dining room, and there was n almost no one in there. There was a table way in the back with people in it. So we sit down at the table, and the waitress comes over, and she gives us the menus, and eventually we order. So after we order, we're sitting chit-chatting. Now, I didn't know it at the time because I didn't recognize him, but Murr comes over to the table. Right. And when he comes over to the table, in his hands, he has two of these, uh, they, saw, they look like those little plastic things that restaurants put on the table, and in it they put like the specials or the drinks or things like that. Okay. You know, that displays it. But they weren't plastic, they were like a greenish colored cloth. And on each one of them, it had the QR code on the face of it. So Murr comes up to us and says, you know, good afternoon, guys. How are you? Have you ever been here before? And I said, yes, we have several, you know, several times. Right. He goes, oh, good. Okay, thank you very much. And he leans over and he takes these two uh, co codes and puts them uh, at the, and inside on the ed edge of the table near the wall, two of them. Right. And when he does, he angles the one by me toward me and the one by Mike toward Mike. And he leaves. And I thought to myself... What? Why do we have two? Why not one? Right. And then I thought also, why did he angle them? But I figured he was fussy. <laughs> okay. But, but you know. You're such a detective. Look at you. you you've observed 15. <laughs> I would have noticed any of this walking in. I said, give me your hamburger. I'm hungry. I want a hamburger. You are picking all this up. Keep going. Keep going. Still, so, so Mike says to me, what are those? I said, those are QR codes. Do you see them in the restaurants and all? Right. Mike goes, oh, okay. So I, he said, how do you use them? Because he, he has an old flip phone. Right. So I took out my iPhone, and I put it on camera, and I tried to scan them, and they wouldn't work. And I thought, huh, that's a little odd. Maybe something's wrong with my phone. So we put it away. Right. So we're chit-chatting, and what I did while we were chit-chatting was I reached over and took each of the QR code uh, displays and instead of angling them, I turned them straight so that they would face out across the table out into the dining room. Right. About a minute or two later, Murr walks back. I mean, uh, yeah, Murr walks back and he looks at us and he goes, guys, you need water or anything or whatever? No, we're okay. Thank you. He reaches over and he turns around and angle again. <laughs> okay. And I'm thinking, 
man, this guy must be fussy. You know, I mean, some people just like things put the way they are. Right. So we left them. We got our meal. Everything was fine. The girl, you know, asked about dessert. We said, no, just a check. She leaves. Murr comes over with the check. Right. And he goes over to Mike because every time we go out, we alternate who pays. Right. And it was Mike's turn. So he took out his credit card and he had his credit card on the table. So as Murr walked over, I'm sure he saw the credit card. And he went over toward Mike and he started explaining the bill. Now, just prior to, uh, I'm sorry, but he, so, I'm sorry, I got to go back. When he first came over, he put the bill down at the table and walked away so we could see it. Right. And then Mike looked at it and as he was looking at it, he looked at me and goes, we have an extra fee. And I said, yeah, that's probably that dollar thirty fee for the credit card that they charge now a lot of places. Right. He goes, no, this one's $5.50. <laughs> I said, for what? Right. He goes, it says fussy fee on it. Fussy fee. <laughs> I said, what? So he showed me. And there it was on the, on the receipt of check, fussy fee, right. $5.50. I thought, get out of here. Well, you know, what? Mark comes over to Mike. Right. And he explains, he takes it and he goes, yeah, somebody had a hamburger deluxe and somebody had the chicken. And I said, Mike said, yes, for the hamburger. I said, yes, for me. He goes, well, some, you know, because you changed the order and all, we charge people like that an extra for a fussy fee. <laughs> so then I started the conversation with him back right. and forth. Right. Now I'm a little bit upset because I have irritable bowel and there's certain things I can and can't eat. So I have to change not a lot of times. <laughs> Okay. And, and what I changed was I love it more than anything else in the world is broccoli, but I can't eat it. Right. So I didn't take the broccoli. I took extra rice. So that was the fussy. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> we started chit-chatting right. and during the conversation, which they didn't show, you know, because of time constraints. Um, Murr said to me, well, if we had people come in and somebody sat in another booth and they ordered the dinner special and they get coffee for, with it, if they change the coffee to tea, we charge them the fussy fee. I looked, I said, you got to be crazy. So it was polite. We went right. back and forth. Right. And then eventually he leaves. Right. So Mike and I talk about it. And Mike, Mike is, he, he's one that, you know, he doesn't want, doesn't want to cause any problems or any issues. So he said, I don't care. I'm paying or whatever. That's the only reason I agreed to it at the, at the, at the cash register. Cause Mike had said, I'll take care of it. Right. So we went up to the cash register, and when Mike got up to the cash register, the girl who was on, on Impractical Joker's staff started to uh, stir the pot. Oh, I see you got charged for the fussy fee. And she started with the fussy fee Wait, and Bob, got Bob. me involved again. Listen, and hold Mike on. Didn't say Bob, a word. Bob, Bob, hold on. Yes. I, do me a favor. I got to take a commercial break. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll take the break, and we'll finish the story, okay? Gotcha. Go ahead. All right, hold on. Go ahead. That's Bob Forsack. We'll be right back in, in the Impractical Jokers adventure. 1.5 is Mother's Day. Share with New Jersey 101.5. What Mama used to say, one lucky entry will win Mama a pair of sparkling diamond stud earrings worth $2,500. Enter now on New Jersey 101.5 free app or nj1015.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Earth Treasures Jewelers. Highway 35 and 36 in Eatontown, the name you know and trust for over 50 years this Mother's Day. Tell us what Mama used to say to win. 
from New Jersey. 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. When last we left retired Manalpin Detective Bob Forsack, he was in a diner in East Brunswick uh, having a, a chicken sandwich, not the hamburger deluxe, no broccoli. And uh, he was being tagged with a fussy fee from Murr of Impractical Jokers and uh, unbeknownst to Detective Forsack, retired Detective Forsack, who still acts like Detective Forsack, who notices everything about the restaurant. Uh, he's arguing now over the fussy fee when the waitress gets him riled up all over again. All right, pick it up from there, my friend. <laughs> but anyway, yes. um, at the register, uh, Mike finally said, yes, you know, we'll pay the bill. <laughs> That's where you see me on TV go, yes, we'll, you know, we'll pay. Right. And the, 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 the uh, impractical joker uh, lady who we didn't know was with him gave the credit card to someone else from the diner and they were ringing it up. And then the girl had a conversation with me about the fussy fee. Right. And she said something to the effect of, well, we hope you will come back now. And I said to her, you know, I don't know about that. I said, but wait till I get home and get on social media. Ooh. And her attitude changed. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Hold on. And she called the manager over of the restaurant. And right. I think it was either a crew member of um, Impractical Jokers or it was somebody from the restaurant. And the guy came over and started to talk to Mike and I. And I voiced my displeasure with it and whatever. And Mike also did. And the guy goes, you know what, guys? For your inconvenience, we'll pick up the dinners for you. So right. they paid for the dinners. Okay. So we walk out. We don't. We still don't know anything. We walk out, walk down the stairs into the parking lot, and we get mobbed by the people from Impractical Joe. <laughs> and carrying on and going, you guys were great, this and that, and boom. And we had the girl come over with the clipboard and explain what was going on. Uh -huh. And when she said, you know, we're Impractical Jokers, I started laughing. And Mike was standing next to me, and he didn't get it. And he said, what do you mean, Practical Jokers? <laughs> he never saw it on TV. So I said, Mike, it's like candid camera. Mm -hmm. then he understood. So we talked with everybody. We signed the releases, and they said, you'll be on by the end of the year. Well, that was, you know, a little bit early. That was then, and uh, Thursday night, it finally well, aired. So it finally aired, but yeah, it was, they did cut a lot out. There was a couple of other good parts in it, but it was still, it was still a uh, a unique experience. That's great. Murr's in. Murr's, Murr's been in here. I love those guys. Murr's a great yeah. guy. So so uh, so now, what was it like seeing you on TV? Um, mm. yeah. Come on, I'm I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Look at you. You know, the movie, and you, you're always on the old TV 34 news that they had uh -huh. uh, that was around years ago, and they always used to come out and interview people and stuff, and being a detective, I always got to do an interview on a case. So it's, it's... Yeah, but this is different. This is like, you know, this isn't... Although you were a detective, Forsyth, noticing everything and anything. But uh, it'd be pretty good, right? But but all my friends say, why didn't you pick up on it? It it wasn't in an atmosphere where I would have. You're expecting it. You're, you're Exactly. You're at a diner, you, you know, yeah. and, and you're making examples. But it, it, it was... You know, it was it was interesting, but boy, when I was at the register, I was livid. <laughs> I mean, you could see it on my face. That's I really cool. wanted to say something, but I was I kept my composure. Uh, and I was polite, and you know, I didn't didn't do, you know do anything or or lose my cool. Oh, go on demand, 
and look for Impractical Jokers, the latest episode, and check out my friend, detective, retired detective Bob Forsack. Still the best. Hey, man, thanks for coming on. I got to get the news. All right, Steve. Tell the family hello. I will. You're the best. Thanks for calling New Jersey 101.5. National winner for Best Newscast. New Jersey 101.5 has received the 2022 Edward R. Murrow Award for Best Newscast. We bring you our best because you bring us yours. Proud to be New Jersey 101.5. We get it almost every night. Steve Trevelis, 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. Oh, wow. What a story. What a story. Bob Forsack, uh, great guy. We met when uh, when I was racing. Actually, no, I wasn't racing. I was uh, working at WPST at the time. Um, back in, God, 1980, I was working at PST, and I did the overnight shift. And I was, um, uh, in those days... When you do the overnight shift, if anyone's a third shift to work on the overnights, you basically trade your life for your job because you come in contact with nobody. Uh, on the weekends, you got to keep that up. It's not like, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning, hey, what you doing? I'm leaving, you idiot. Leave me alone. You know, you got to keep that up, right? So day becomes night, night becomes day. You lose track of time. And I would be falling asleep at the wheel on my way from where I lived in Eatontown yes. uh, to... 221 Witherspoon Street, which is where PST was located at the time. Um, so anyway, I'm driving across 33. And I forget where I was on 33, but I end up getting pulled over. And uh, I got pulled over by Bob. And, uh, you know, he said, where are you going? I gave him a license. <laughs> the station's in Trenton. No, it's in, Wither- it's in Princeton, actually. So anyway, he lets me off. And I said, you know, can I do anything? You know, I said, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. I yeah. really appreciate it. Do something for me on the radio. So I went in at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I said, you're going to be on all night? You're going to get in trouble? No, nah, I'm going to get in trouble. All right. So I played an entire side of The Police. I tracked wow. his Yada Mondana album for him. And we've been friends ever since. But, um, yeah, he was in the movie In a Child's Eyes. Uh, Timothy Carhart played him. Uh, Valerie Bertinelli was in it, Chris Maloney. I really believe, I'm, I was going to tell him this on the air, like the role that Chris Maloney plays now in Law and Order, Organized Crime, uh-huh. based on the story of Lieutenant Robert Forsack. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, you know, Murr's been in here a couple of times. We uh-huh. love Murr. Murr lives yeah. down the road. And uh, <clears throat> they got uh, snagged by Impractical Jokers. So uh, what's have you ever been part of a practical joke or had a practical joke played on you? So I, I'd probably say more, more of a, more pranks. And that used to happen all the time in the fraternity houses. We used to have prank wars all the time. Prank wars. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there was one time I was just rushing and to really get to know the guys, you'd have to go to the apartment, like the, not, not the apartment, but like the dorm room and, and just hang out with them. And that's what I was doing. And I remember... They said to me, yeah, uh, these two kids, they're both gone for the weekend. We're going to take one side and we're going to switch it completely. So, you know, like dorm rooms, there's one, you know, one kid's got the left side. This kid's got the right side. Mm -hmm. They switched it completely. They put every single thing on the left side, on the right side, 
but exactly where it was on the left side. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, this kid had, like, a ripped sticker that he had on his side, and they moved it. And they put it in the same exact place of where it would be because they wanted to see. They wanted to see it when they came in that it like, oh, like. Is the guy going to pick up on this? What's going on? Like, uh-huh. and they thought it's either going to be because one of them is a neat freak and the other one is just a, a big pile of mess. Mm-hmm. And they thought the neat freak was going to go crazy. You touch my stuff. What are you going to do? He looked at it and he shrugged. And he went, hmm. I didn't even like that side anyway. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. <laughs> there was a friend of mine, uh, Sergeant Chicky Bazzani from the Union City Police Department, mm-hmm. who looked like Louis De Palma. Uh, he's my, my friend Rob's older brother. Yeah. And um, they were on patrol once. And uh, he was telling me how they had a chicken. They found the chicken in the street of Union City. Mm-hmm. And uh, they take the chicken. They put the chicken underneath the seat of the cop of the squad car. And then they switch shifts. And the chicken is under the seat, just kind of perched under there, like resting, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And uh, they switch shifts. And then uh, Chicky calls, uh, radios the car and says to the other cop, uh, listen, I think I left my wallet under the seat. Can you feel around? Oh, <laughs> give me have you ever been involved in a practical joke give me the best practical joke you've ever been involved in or have you ever had a practical joke played on you right you can you can fess up if you've been the victim of a practical joke you watch impractical jokers and every week it's hysterical you know it just each one gets funnier than the other and how cool is it imagine like you get to hang out with the kids you grew up with yeah. And just be part of that. They're like the modern day Beatles. I think you know, so when too, you think yeah. about it, you know, I mean, they they did for improv what the Beatles did for music mm-hmm. because they're just on that same page because they're just so good at what they do. I've seen them live. I saw them live at uh, the Prudential Center. And it was just one of those situations where it's like, man, like they've really they've nailed down what they what they're doing here. They're having such a great time doing it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's exactly like that, that friendship that you establish in the when you're 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 that, you know, even college you wish could go on forever mm-hmm. with them. It did. Yeah. You know, and that was funny, like because the Beatles only lasted like 13 years, six for real, as most bands do. You, uh, too, once said on 60 Minutes, our mission statement what if the Beatles had stayed together and loved each other? And that's our mission statement. And that's why, you know, Bono said, we've managed to stay together for 30 years mm-hmm. and continue to put out great music. But, uh, which, which is pretty cool when you got to think about it. You know, yeah, when you think absolutely. about what you've got to do to make that happen. But 1-800-283-101.5. Have you ever been involved in a practical joke? I'll tell Give, you this story. Okay. So, I... I'm someone who takes naps from time to time. And there was one time I was asleep on the couch and my parents thought it'd be funny if, cause there's many times where I, where I say to them, you know, I, I wake up and I feel like that it's the next day. Right. You know, like my mom will say to me, Oh, you know, like, uh, like when I used to do track, I'm in high school. I like, I remember I used to take like a power nap and it felt like I was waking up for the next day. And like, I'd, I'd get into motion to get ready for the next day. But, um, 
they did that to me where they acted like it was the next morning. My dad right. woke me up on the couch with his work clothes on and his work bag. And I looked at the time and it said six o'clock. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, I just slept through dinner. <laughs> and my mom and brother were hiding behind like a wall. And they were like, yeah, we got you. Like, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, there exactly. you go. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. Have you ever been involved in a practical joke? Give me a good practical joke that you were involved in or a good practical joke that was played on you. Or better yet, give me a good practical joke that I could play on somebody else. Mm. That's a good one, right? Yeah. If I were going to give you a good practical joke, right? And once upon a time, once upon a time, cars had distributed caps in them. Yeah. And if you really wanted to mess with somebody, what you would do, you would take the distributor cap off and take a pencil and draw a pencil inside the distributor cap and put it back on. And apparently the graphite in the pencil would absorb the spark, which would make it impossible to start the car. Oh, my and God. The guy would never know why the car wouldn't start. Now, if you're a mechanic and you you uh, you tell me if I'm right or wrong, because that's what I heard. And I know a guy that claims he did that. So 1-800-283-101.5. That would probably be the worst. Yeah, right? no. Cause, and you never tell the guy. So dude ends up junk in the car, right? What are you going to do? <laughs> and he doesn't know that it's something that simple and that stupid. All right, 1-800-283-101.5. Give me your best practical joke. 101.5. Steve Trevelisse. Have you ever been involved in a practical joke? Have you ever had one played on you? Ah, uh, my friend Bob Forsack was on Impractical Jokers Thursday night because they got him going to a diner with his friend. Tell me your story. 1-800-283-101.5. Also, if you have an impractical joke that you'd like, that you'd like to suggest for the audience, 1-800-283-101.5. I had Murr on a couple of times. I asked him, you know, have you gotten a chance to play your ultimate joke? And he says, not yet, but he intends to do it. Uh, I think season 11. So go on NJ1015.com. Check out the interview. They're touring. They're funny. You need to see them. Andrew is in Flemington on New Jersey 101.5. Hey, Andrew. Hi, thanks for lighting that candle. I must be in the front row. There you go. We knew you were coming, Andrew, so we cleared out the way. My secondary antidepressant. There you go. What's your primary antidepressant? Steve Paxwell Trevelisse. There you go. What's up? So I got two quick stories and a quick joke, and I think you'll like the joke better than the stories. Okay. Anyway, first joke, first story, I was 16. Right. Passed out at my friend's place, and at the time I had like a, a beard and a mustache, but it was like blonde hair, peach fuzz, so it wasn't very noticeable. Right. But I passed out. My friend Lance in high school, hope he ain't listening. No. And I'm not mad at him still, but uh, <laughs> he, he thought it'd be a good idea when I passed out to shave half my beard off. Get out! You know, when I come to, he's like, go look in the mirror. And I thought maybe he cut off my hair, and I put my hand on my head, and okay. So I go look at the mirror, and I'm like, oh, man, he got me. Oh, man. And at, at a college, my roommate, his best friend, they decided it would be a good idea when he was drunk and passed before he before he came to, they shaved off his eyebrows. They told him to go look at the mirror when he came to, and we could hear him screaming from the other room. Did he have to get the eyebrow pencil and put on the fake eyebrows? I don't remember that. No, no, no. Oh, man. How about that? 
That you know well, what? I got a better. I got a better joke for you. You got a better one. one. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Let me hear. You've heard of Tammy Pescatelli? I did. She's great. I've worked with her before. Oh my god! Yeah, she's so she's hot and she's funny as hell. Yeah. You know, she says, uh, "If you want to know how crazy a woman is, she said the thinner the eyebrows are on a woman, the crazier they are." He says, "Why do?" She says, "Why do I know this? My mother-in-law." She's got. She shaves them off and pencils them back on, and that board is planet bananas. All right, there you go. Eight hundred two eight three one zero one point five. And there was one time I had a party at my house, and back in the day, they used to have these. They probably still do these, like um, I don't know, computerized stovetops where you don't turn a knob; you just hit a button. So uh, this guy Jimmy is sitting on the stove. In the kitchen. Everybody's sitting on countertops. He's sitting on the stove. And I'm thinking, I can't resist this. And I walk past him. Uh, everybody having a good time? Yeah, right. Okay. And I walk past and I hit start nine and just keep going. And all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> it was very funny. He didn't get burned. No one, no, no one was harmed during the making of the joke. But what are you going to do? In Brooklyn, we have Tony on New Jersey 101.5. Hiya, Tony. Hi. You know, I, I wanted to meet your father years ago because my father was a firefighter also. Oh, that would have been great, Tony. I know. Um, but anyway, my first firehouse was the world's busiest firehouse. Right. They, they gave us some new bunks, and they came in with no headboards. Right. Foot, and, and uh, you know, the day two guys make it up for the night guys and everything. Right. And so uh, what I did... I said, let's make him up. So we put two pillows on it because the, the headboards, without the headboards, you can't keep a pillow on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I put a pillow on each end and uh, folded back the sheets. And when the night tour came in, they were confused. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Good stuff. Thanks for the call to New Jersey 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. If you were going to suggest a practical joke. Give me one. You know, something something that would get somebody that would drive them nuts trying to figure it out. MASH had some good practical jokes. Uh, of course, now now that I have to think of a practical joke, I can't think of one freaking joke. But somewhere along your life, you have pulled a practical joke on somebody. Somewhere along the line, you got somebody. And that's the best part of it. The, the, the hardest, see, the hard thing for me, I can't, I can't keep the poker face. The more I try to keep the poker face, like when I'm going to do a joke, if I'm going to, if I'm going to set somebody up, it kills me with Dominsky and Doyle. Really? Because there are times like when they're on, yeah, and I'll try to set them up, and when you can get them, you get them, you know, because uh -huh. uh, Jeff's got a great laugh. <laughs> when you get Jeff, you get. Him. But then, like too many times, like I want to get him. I want to, like you know, come in with the line. And there's one I got from Julia Scotty. They went a thing on coyotes one time. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, and Julia did this on stage, and I loved it, where she's like, yeah, you know, the coyotes are out. And I, I went outside, and, and there's this coyote, and he's standing up on his hind legs. And I'm like, yeah. And and he's holding a box that says Acme. And I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> so they do an hour on coyotes, and I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to deliver it. And I couldn't get it out. And I got such a smile on my face. And Doyle's book, yeah, all right, all right, all right, never mind, never mind. What's the best practical joke you've ever played or been a part of? 
Best practical joke. Oh, uh, well, yeah, a senior prank uh, involved uh, removing a moving a farm animal uh, inside. <laughs> it's always farm animals yes, with you college guys. Yes, yes. Well, you know, when you live in the Midwest, uh, I mean, the, the pickings are slim for Did fun. Dean Wormer find out about this? <laughs> yeah. or what? I was put on double secret double probation secret after. Probation, yes, right? yes. So you removed the farm animal. Yeah, we moved a farm animal uh, into an atrium in the school right. like where, there, where there were some trees. Uh-huh. So that was the best. And we largely got away from it. And a few people got uh, clipped, but no, I didn't. So. Uh, you, oh, you didn't. Okay. In the statute of limitations, I'm so old now. The now they know. Yeah. You'll be getting on their They're outside. <laughs> we brought that farm animal. Here's a Jerry Springer show. <laughs> well, Chad, we brought the farm animal here. Yes. And there he is. <laughs> the, the sirens will be outside when I leave. Yeah. All right. Morning. 1-800-283-101.5 is the number. My God, the Devils are beating the Rangers. The Sixers won. And uh, we still got time. It's 1030. See, 101.5. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. Hanging out with you till 11 o'clock. Talking all things Jersey. Because that's what we do. Howie Mendel's calling in uh, Wednesday night. Tomorrow night, Steve Gutenberg is going to be calling in. Are you serious? You remember Police Academy? Yes. Steve Gutenberg. That's so cool. Going to be at the George Street Theater. Uh, got all the information. We get all the big stars here. Julia Scott, he's going to be here Wednesday night with Gemini and uh, Jeffrey Paul. And all right. the good time will be had by all. See what I did there? Yeah. Jeffrey Paul, good time had by all. Uh... So, uh, I think we gotta do, uh, this. Well, I've got news for you. Excellent news. Now it's time for headlines and trev lines. I read the news today, oh boy. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. As Steve comments on the headlines of New Jersey. Brace yourself, folks. For mind blowing news. As only Steve can. That's a good question. What is going on? The Deptford Little League has faced two resignations already from umpires because of parents. Get out. Yeah. That's the one where they said that uh, they were going to, you know... Uh, make the um, make the make the um, the dads who got mad at the umpires had to volunteer to umpire three games. Yeah, or they wouldn't be able to get back in. Yeah. Oh my God! They've already lost two umpires. I grew up on stuff like this, man. Like, I can only imagine how the parents are. I can only imagine well you know what uh, the, uh, leave the kids alone Let it's hard play. enough to find umpires so two umpires resigned so now what are they going to do i mean are they going to cancel little league what are you doing no. you can't find umpires you can't cancel little league. Well, how do you what are you doing you can't find umpires they're going to cancel games yeah, it's true because they used to cancel games if an umpire wasn't there yeah. or or like they would play um like we would do like a like it would be like a scrimmage. A scrimmage. Like, yeah, it's a scrimmage. <clears throat> it's so sad. I mean, you know what? It's you're talking about on you're talking about literally how old are these kids? These kids are uh, you know, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. You know, know, let them play. And so why why would the dads get this crazy? Believe me, that's how what that's how it still is in my hometown. It was really? yeah, oh my gosh. It didn't matter it like it didn't matter how good you were. If you wanted to make the travel team, you had to know somebody to get on the team. 
And um, so I didn't I didn't make the team until I was like 12. Like it, it was crazy. But like it was that competitive when it came to we, we weren't in Little League. We were in the uh, Cal Ripken League, which just made like the bases were a little bit farther. Right. Um, but like parents were had to be told all the time. Like when I was 12 years old, there was a fight that happened by the parents. You're kidding. When I was chilling, like now imagine this, like, you know, it's after the game, you're in like the huddle with like your team, you know, the coach is talking to you, you know, nice game, you know, this was fantastic, you guys did amazing. You're giving out the game ball and you're watching parents separating other parents and you're like, what? Over what? Over what? A stupid little league baseball game. Yeah, exactly. That the kids want to have fun with. They could care less. You're not sitting there going, I'm going to, I'm going to be the next, uh, you know, Aaron Judge. Oh. All you're thinking of is I want to hit the ball. I gotta, can I hit the ball? That's a big uh-huh. deal. Absolutely. But dad is another story. Uh Oh, my gosh. Oh, that, that was my favorite because then, then it became a point where I, I think I went to, like, a couple of baseball games last year, uh, high school baseball games last year with uh, my friend who's his, his younger brother was on a team and he was facing uh-huh. my hometown. And I'm just saying, like, small things just to get it just going. Like, scouts are watching. That's all you have to say. And then, like, four or five dads are just waiting, oh, waiting. Because <laughs> that's what I said. Like, yeah, because Junior's going to get discovered. Yeah, you know, one one pitch, this kid threw it into the dirt. And, you know, I, I said, scouts are watching. And this dad let me have it. And, like, it's like... He let you have it? Yeah, he did. He let me have it. He Because then after, like, a nice play happened, he was like, yeah... The scouts are watching now, and I'm like, dude, like you. It's a joke. It's a joke. Relax. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't imagine, I can't imagine, you know, two umpires already, you know, because it's like teenager, like like teenagers. Yeah. You know? My sons referee flag football. Yeah. My uh, my one friend, you know, who's a you know, big guy, bruiser, played football. Uh huh. I, I've seen this guy like literally destroy people in fights. And the last, <laughs> the last guy you would want to mess with, yeah, he's the umpire. Oh my! Oh God. yeah! <laughs> so, sorry, sir. Didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> yes, I, I will disown my child. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, my my kids are now umpires. But they're they're not umpires; they're referees. But they do it like for flag football, and they got yeah. the, they got the little kids. So you know, nobody's nobody's messing with them. My mom's advice is uh, always to those kids who say, yeah, I want to ump, I, I want to ref. It's always, all right, find the parking spot that's closest to the uh, to the field because uh, the parents will be following you to the car because that's what happened to my cousin, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, No, it's not worth it. Yeah, no. Right, so what else we got? All right, how about this? So I was looking it up because you said, you know, tomorrow is Teacher Appreciation Day. And I was like, okay, there's usually something going on for the teachers. TGI Fridays is giving out free meals to teachers. There's nobody else will eat them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm kidding. I I like Fridays. It's just they're all suffering. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, like, uh, so so what do you think? So uh, the the teachers can go to Fridays and get a meal. TGI Fridays got great food. You think so? I really do like Fridays. I, I don't know. Like it, it kind of goes into like that genre of like 
it's not a bar, but it's a restaurant. For but that's me. what makes it good. Yeah. Because you know? if you want a drink, you can get a drink. But they really do have some great. I took my son, I took my kids there uh, over the summer, uh-huh. and I was really amazed how great yeah? the food was. Okay. Yeah. We they were doing comedy nights at the one really on, um, in East Windsor, and uh, we went there, and it was really really good. Not bad. Well, you know? it, you know. I, I wouldn't say it's like a like I don't know. If they were like, hey, we got you some free food. And I'd be like, all right, cool. TGI Fridays. Teacher GI Fridays. Ah, See what I did there? Teacher yeah. GI. I'll do your ad campaign. Oh, I got this, <laughs> man. Teacher GI Fridays. Let's take a quick break and we'll finish it up. Absolutely. All right. Bye-bye. 1-800-283-101.5. Steve Trevelis. Rob Brown here. How we doing? With the headlines and the Trevor lines. And the one headline is the devil's. Have, have they eliminated the Rangers now? Yep, that's this it. This is over with, that's right? That's it. It's Three over. nothing, right? Four nothing. Four nothing. Yeah. Empty net. I think so. Yeah. Okay. How about that? We're looking at highlights. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That. Don't pay attention to that. That doesn't count. Yeah. No. I love this band, Thirty Eight Special. Every time they get into the guitar solo, they would just fade it out. It's like did they just not like the guitarist? It's not. <laughs> they all end with the guitar solo just fading down. Like, Wait a minute. Let's hear the guy jam. You got to think to yourself now, like you he's know. probably still playing. Oh yeah, <laughs> you got you to think of like in his head, like you guys got to check out this song now. Check out this just riff that I just did, and he he's like, check it out, check it out, and then all of a sudden in his head he's like, all right, why, why are they lowering? Where would everybody go? Where did everybody go? Where did everybody go? So all right, all right. How about this? The iconic taste of Entman's. Baked goods yeah. is now going to be a delicious ice cream treat. Ooh. Yeah, right? What are they doing? Perfect for the summer. So the original recipe of the chocolate chip cookie and the rich frosted donuts are going to be transitioned into a like a little sandwich, like an ice cream sandwich. An ice cream sandwich made with the frosted donut and the... Well, like I, I think those are the no, flavors. No, say it again. It's, it's going to be what? Yeah. So it's going to be the recipes. Right. So, I'm, so they're going to make the, the donut, like the frosted covered donuts, yeah. into an ice cream. It, it, yeah. It, it's oh, going to amazing. Yeah, it's going to have to taste like the rich frosted donuts or the uh, chocolate chip cookies. Nice. I like from the Entenmann. I like the donuts. Yeah. yeah. I, I like. I, I like anything Entenmann does. I like the coffee cake. Yeah. Even yeah. If, because they make coffee it moist. Cake. Yeah, I mean, they have found a way to do it. Not everybody can do it, but always. Oh, there was um, coming back from Philly down in uh, I forget where Deford maybe. There's a yeah. there was an Entenmann's like uh, outlet shop. Really, and the best. Oh, that and Wonder Bread, amazing I, stuff. I can't hostess, imagine you that. get like the Hostess cupcakes and all that. Yeah, that was the best. That's got to be delicious. Oh, like, I, I, I can't imagine this on like a Fourth of July. You know, like, that's yeah. I'd be in. I'd be in. Perfect. All right. What else we got? Stuff. All right. So, okay. So, here. I will tell you this one. Amazon is offering a sweet deal for Grubhub. So, Prime members, Mm -hmm. for their next food delivery order, they can get 25% off of their, just their whole delivery. Just everything. Yeah. Just if if you're an Amazon Prime member. So. so that when you're watching those Leverage episodes, you I love. You ever seen Leverage? No. Leverage is a great show. 
Leverage was a great show. And then uh, the lead, uh, Timothy Hutton, ended up in a lawsuit with oh. the company. So they do a leverage without Timothy Hutton. They kill the main character off. And they still go on. But it's still a great show. It's still good. Okay. But they got a lot of good shows on Amazon. I'm learning now. We don't have time for this. I may do this tomorrow night. But I'm learning now how to survive without the expensive cable because I had no idea just how much other television is out there available. Like not only with the streaming services, uh -huh. but oh my God, have you ever seen Roku TV? Yeah. Wow. Tons of channels. Yeah. Tons of channels. And I, we may do this topic tomorrow night. I mean, you know what? Because I'm paying like $350 a month for cable. Yeah. And then I got a Roku TV. And I've got my expensive cable as one of the options. Mm -hmm. But, excuse me, I started looking at all the other options. Uh-huh. It's overwhelming how much Huge television of is available there, to you. And if I ever figure out how to hook up a cheap-ass $30 antenna, <laughs> these guys are in big trouble. Good luck tonight, man. You did a great job. Thank you. Everybody, hold on, hold on. How about this one? This has been the Steve Travely Show On Demand. Check out the latest from Steve on our free app or nj1015.com. New Jersey 101.